Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. Last week I shared with you portions out of a book that I wrote a few years ago, The Quran on Trial. This week I want to build on that and expand. There's a seminar that I teach. I've been teaching in churches and colleges. The Quran in Crisis. We're going to get a little bit deeper into the textual criticism. And so if you're a fan of uh, Christian apologetics and, you know, some of the scientific and, you know, some of these arguments there that deals with paleography, which is the study of ancient documents, then this is going to be right up your alley. And if you're not a big fan of it, you still need to understand some of these things. It will help you understand our Bible how we got our Bible, and the confidence that we have as Christians about uh, our manuscripts. They stand up to the test. The science of textual criticism has been going on for centuries. And when it comes to the Holy Bible, we've had critics try to destroy it through science of, you know, investigating our manuscripts and everything they throw at it every test that it goes through it comes up smelling like a rose but when you apply these same things to the quran which is somewhat of a new science to the middle east because they've never you know they they don't question the quran they're not allowed they're not allowed to examine these things they just simply make boastful claims but don't back them up like they say, they've got the originals that the same Quran they have today has been reading the same for 1,400 years. And it's very easy to show that these are false claims. They don't stand up. And so let's look at the evidence. We'll take a peek at that here today. And if you're dealing in the argument world as a polemist uh, who takes the... Every courtroom, you're going to have a defense team and a prosecution team. The defense is the apologist. They play the defense. The other side, the polemist, which are the prosecutors, they have to affix fault, blame. And so in the area of, of a polemist, when it comes to this discussion, they're like prosecutors. They are laying out a case showing the error and false teaching. So in Islam... And it's true in Christianity. Everything rises and falls on the man or the book. If you discredit one or the others, prove that one is faulty, uh, unreliable, uh, does not have, doesn't stand the test in Islam and in Christianity, then either religion will fall. So in Islam, when we look at it, we look at the man or the book, the man being Muhammad, or in the book being the Quran. In Christianity, it would be Jesus Christ, the man. Is he truly the Son of God? Is he, you know, these claims that he made, or, and, or did he really make them, and, and all these different things. There. And the book, the Bible. So if you, if you take away and you show and prove that one of these, the integrity of Muhammad or the credibility of the Quran, and you, you bring that down... Then, uh, then you've destroyed the religion. So Muhammad, is he a false prophet or is he God's prophet? What does the evidence say? Well, that's for a different 
different time. What we're looking into, is the Quran God's word, or is it a fabrication? Is it something that came from God or from men? Well, we talked a lot about that in the book last week. Uh, today we're going to get into kind of a deeper side of this here. Now, before we do, let me quickly remind you, we're, we, we, we've not reached our goal with our fundraising campaign, and this is going to be our last week. We just can't continue much longer, but would you? Maybe you've been waiting to the end to see where we are. We're still about easily $3,000 away from our goal. Those of you who made um, pledges there, so if we get them coming in there, we're about 5000 away. So would you help us with a donation? The number to call is 800-616-0082. That's 800-616-0082, or you can give safely, securely online at fortressoffaith.com fortressoffaith.com. All right. First of all, let me give you the traditional view of how the Quran came here. This is what a Muslim will tell you. This is what they've been taught. This is what their record dictates, okay? That the apostle Muhammad received revelations from the angel Gabriel, from this jinn. And he taught these revelations faithfully to his companions. And 20 years after his death, it was canonized under the, the ruler Uthman, there are two originals that exist today, and the Quran reads exactly as it did, as the originals were written, and it's been guarded perfectly in heaven. So this is the, the claim that Muslims will make, and they say their scriptures are superior, ours have been corrupted, are inferior, the Jews corrupted the Old Testament, the Christians corrupted the New Testament, so Allah gave us the last testament, to fix all the mistakes of the Jews and Christians and corruption that crept in. And so this is the, you know, their, their, uh, what they'll tell you. And the two originals that they say that they have are the top copy, which is in Istanbul, and the other one is the Sarmakan, which is located in Uzbekistan. Now, the thing is that there's now six originals, you know, for years and years and years, we've always talked about these two, these, the top copy and the Sarmakan. And they claim that these are Uthman Qurans, that these were the Qurans that, that Uthman commanded to be written 20 years after Muhammad, four were made, and two exist today. So we're going to take a closer look at these Uthman Qurans. And now they say there's four others that have shown up. Through the years of archaeology, we're discovering more and more manuscripts and one and now the two that we talked about just a moment ago they're in islamic hands in muslim hands they do not let the west come out and look at them rarely do they let us do that but the mail which is located in london is in the hands of westerners and the petropolitanus which is in paris and so we're able to examine these and they claim that these are possible uthman qurans now that's the problem. Why, why, why are they now accepting that there could be other Uthman Qurans? Because the two that we that they've been bragging about for so so long is turning out that they've got problems. Okay, and so now there's attention given to this Mayul and the Petropolitanus, and there's two others. There's the Al Hussein in Cairo, Egypt, the Sana in Yemen. And so these other documents are being, um, begin to, you know, create a little bit of press in the Islamic world and stuff. Now, how do you date these things? How do you know 
how old these things are. Well, first of all, we look at the material that it's written on. Is it written on vellum, on animal skin, or papyrus, which is kind of a paper? Uh, or is it written in kind of modern-day paper? Or was it uh, put in a scroll format or a codex, like a book? So these are things kind of give us an idea of how old things are because of the style and, and so on there. Then we look at the ink. We can do carbon dating on the ink since ink comes from dead animals uh, and so on there. The, you can test how, well, how, how much carbon is, is there and you can kind of dictate how old it is. Then we look at the handwriting and the style of handwriting because, you know, um, language evolves through the years. And things in Arabic, like, for example, uh, the diacritical marks, those little dots and lines and stuff that are above uh, their characters. Uh, these are called diacritical marks, and these make the <clears throat> determines whether it is a vowel or a consonant. And like Hebrew, the old Hebrew is all written in consonants. There's no vowels in the Hebrew like, uh, text and language. And old Arabic... During the days of Muhammad, written in, in the Hijaz script, would have not had diacritical marks because vowels weren't yet in their language. That came later, about 100 years after Muhammad. So you can kind of determine how old something is, whether it's got um, diacritical marks and, and so on. Then different writing styles. We can tell kind of where in the world these things were written. In the, in the Arabic, uh, we can tell whether it's written in Nabataean script or Hijaz or Kufic script. tells us, well, if it's in Kufic, it's not going to be written in Arabia. It's going to be written up in Persia. Uh, Hijaz and Nabataean would be around in the Arab area, Arabia. But um, Hijaz would have been an earlier and Nabataean would have been even earlier than that. When we look at these different items, when it comes to these originals that they say that they have during Uthman's time, well, we wouldn't expect to find vowels because vowels didn't come in till uh, about the 8th century. However, there are vowels there. So that tells us very clearly that these could not date back to Uthman. And not only that, they were written in Kufic script. And so they wouldn't have been written in Arabia. They would have been written up in Persia. And so very clearly, these originals that they've been boasting of for many, many years, the Sarmakan and the top copy are not the originals. And now finally, because the goat is out of the, of the gate, the, the information's out there now, and finally the highest scholars in the Islamic world of paleographers have finally confessed that we do not have the Uthman Mushafs, nor do they have any copies of the Uthman manuscripts. And the manuscripts that they do have, the top copy in the Sarmakan, were likely to have been written during the Umayyad period. And this is when the Islamic world, where the caliphate uh, was up in Persia. And so, finally, they're coming out. Uh, Dr. Tahir also concurs over the uh, Turkish religious affairs and chronic studies, one of their leading scholars. And they're both admitting to this. And so uh, the big point is this. They're now telling us we don't have the originals. Now, for us in Christianity, we know we don't have the originals, but we've never claimed to have had them. What do we mean by the originals? When Moses took pen to paper, to vellum, 
and he wrote down the actual autographs, the originals. They don't exist today. They've been long gone. But what we have are many, many faithful copies done, especially in the, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, they had professional scribes. Israel had professional scribes given to the task to carefully write down and keep accurate copies of their scriptures. And so now in Islam, though, they've not had the professional scribes to do this work. And they've been boasting that they have the original, so they didn't need them. Well, now they have to admit they don't have, not only do they not have the originals, but they're also saying they don't have any copies of the originals, which then begs the question, then what is it that we have today that is called the Quran? Where did it come from? And we'll get into some of that in tomorrow's broadcast because we don't have the time to uh, to follow up. But basically, if it's truly of Uthman, it should have been written mid-7th century. But of these other ones, let's add those other ones into the mix there. The Sana, the top copy in the Petropolitan, Petropolitanus is written mid-8th century. The Sarmacon in the Al-Husseini is uh, written late 8th century, and the Mail is 9th century. So none of them come anywhere close to the time period that they're supposed to be. But the best of the best of the best is the top copy. It's the oldest that they've got and 99% complete. Some of these manuscripts aren't even complete. The Petropolitan is only has 26% of the Quran. The Sana, uh, half of it. Mail, about half of it. And the Sarmacon, only half. So the top copy is still, of all their manuscripts, the best that they've got. God bless you. Join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage.